going on Grooveaholics. You just heard the track Let It Go by Turkey Blaster Omega. They just dropped a brand new, their first EP, First Contact. Amazing young ska band coming from Rochester, New York. And today on the show, this was super cool. Incredible. We did a live stream outdoors. Thank God the virus is calming down. The world's starting to open back up where we can uh, get together and do streams live as well. Plenty of live streams to come. So I got together at a barbecue with Katie and Lenny of Turkey Blaster Omega, two eighths of the band. And uh, this is a great conversation with those two. Uh, Without further ado, here's me with Katie and Lenny of Turkey Blaster Omega. Have fun. Welcome, everyone. To the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I am here with two parts of the huge Turkey Blaster Omega. I've got Lenny and Katie. Uh, how are we doing today? Beautiful day here. Gorgeous today. Yeah, the humidity finally broke, so that's nice. <laughs> My hair is appreciative of that. Been out boarding already today. It's been nice. Yeah, it's it's awesome. We're at an undisclosed location. We're having a barbecue. Undisclosed. Undisclosed. And Definitely and <laughs> and this is you know ultimately the future of the podcast. We want to do some of these things live. I'm gonna change the level so they're a little bit better here. And um, yeah, make sure you get up on that microphone like a dick. Right here. <laughs> right. Very close. I'll just pass it back and forth. Turkey Blaster Omega, we've got two parts. There's how many members in the band? Eight? Eight, yeah, there's eight of us. We've got a quarter. So rhythm section and horn section. And I'm just like that. Just a leader and composer and, you know, (laughs) singer. Just. Let's let's dissect what are your roles in the band um, as detailed as possible. Um, Okay, so I started the band, and I write a majority of the music, and I do most of the stuff that you see on social media. Um, Lenny is really good. He's definitely uh, does the more manager thing, so he's getting our website up and running. Um, He initially got the stickers printed, I think, him and Kyle, and um, 
kind of everything. Spotify, oh, the, Bandcamp. The we're going to have a, like an official turkeyblasteromega.com email, which is very cool. <laughs> so that's kind of what he does. I don't know why I spoke for you. but I'm, I'm a drummer playing guitar in this yeah. band. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I've always wanted to be in a ska punk band. And the fact that we have an awesome drummer that can do it and yeah. a bunch of horn players and I could dance around and play, you know, some chords and upstrokes. Like, that's what I want to do. Yeah, Kyle okay. and Jack are definitely like a power duo. You get both of them in there and it's they just raise the energy level so much. Drum and bass. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they've been playing together for 10 years, so that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I don't usually yeah. walk into that drum and bass chemistry. So why a ska punk band? Why why did you guys decide to go in that direction? Um, we definitely both Lenny and I I think like the punk scene as well as like the ska scene. And it's not that I have anything against like the '90s ska and everything like that, but I definitely like having the more punk, like harsher side, like go like mosh pits and stuff like that. So it was just, for me personally, it's a little bit more fun. And it's also wasn't initially, it wasn't like, all right, we're going to be Scott Punk. We actually like more or less got people together and we realized that we were more Scott Punk than just regular like Scott. So. Streetlight Manifesto has been my favorite band since I've been like 13 years old. I just <laughs> loved it. I've always loved the horns and I've gotten a Scott from then. I actually didn't get into the older stuff before them. But one day I walk into work and all of a sudden I hear Streetlight Manifesto playing in the kitchen and that's unusual. And I walked back and like, you know, who am I about to be friends with? You know, I'm like, who's playing this? And then I met Katie that day. And then yes, she, and she, I said, really? Like, oh, I love them. I'm like, one of my favorite bands. I'm like, well, we're about to be best friends because they're like one of my favorite bands. And then she mentioned how she was starting a band. And at that time I was like, okay, do it. Get eight people together and let me know. And sure enough, yeah. months later, I somehow was the last piece to the band because yep. you happened to do it. Yeah, we couldn't find a guitar player for the longest time. And then I asked our buddy, like, you play guitar. Do you want to just come to re- rehearsals or something? And he's like, why don't you just ask Lenny? And I just stopped and I'm like, I don't know why I didn't think of it initially. And it's been awesome. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. <laughs> the two other guitarists. Yeah, get him out of there. Yeah, right. But uh, you said you're a drummer. Yeah, I played drums in most of the bands. When I was in high school, we played, we started playing no effects covers, streetlight covers with one trumpet, so missing the whole whole band. But yeah, I played, I played trumpet initially, and then I saw the drummer playing fast punk drums, and I'm like, I want to do that. I just wanted, I just sat down and just tried to get that double technique with the single foot, and then, yeah, I grew up just really loving fast music, so. I agree. Yeah, just more energy. Really energy. fast. You gotta walk out of every show just drenched in sweat. <laughs> you were just nonstop the whole time. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, the high energy is huge. Um, as an audience member, you know, sharing that energy with the band, they're dancing, they're going crazy. People in the audience are moshing. What's it feel like being on stage? You obviously really enjoy it. Any moments that you're like, hell yeah? There's definitely been a lot of moments. So, Temple was probably the first experience I had, like, fronting a whole band and everything. And once we played the the second song, we opened with the original. Obviously, no one knew that, so they were singing along. But then we played um, one song by Mustard Plug, and the whole front row, like, freaked out, and they started singing along. And it's like, wow, even though it wasn't our song, they were singing along with us while we are jamming. It's, like, the most, like, upper, like, exciting 
adrenaline rush of a thing ever. <laughs> it's it's awesome. And then like you you sing certain lyrics that you wrote, and then you see people like listen to what you're saying and like throw up their fist or like just give a hoot or a holler or anything. And it's just like it's awesome. It's honestly the best connection that I've experienced with anything. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, when people start moving and jumping, it is contagious completely. And so, I mean, I want to move and jump. And as a guitarist now, I'm like trying to focus on what I'm doing. And uh, when I start running around and seeing them, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I just want to keep running. It, it's, it's been great. Lenny's been uh, practicing his jump during practices. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awkward. It's pretty funny. But yeah, <laughs> I want the energy. Like, you know, I want to convey the energy that I'm feeling from you guys. And I'm just holding in like just excited. But I want to be yeah. running around and playing the right notes still. As a drummer, it's easy. You can like, you know, you're already like going at it. It's just, it's all, oh man, you know, but the guitar's like, oh crap, don't miss these notes. Yep, 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 that's so true. It's so funny, we're playing Street Light or anything, working on covers or originals, and Lenny will just be like, right before the chorus, just jump, just a big old jump, like like, at least three or four times a song. It's They're not good yet, so. You you gave us a warning though, you're like, just so you know guys, it's going to be awkward, but I'm going to be practicing my jumping this (laughs) rehearsal. All right, dude, it's Perfect. Is, is it perfected? Can we see it? Uh, hopefully, you can see it soon. I mean, I want to play it, and the, the worse, the better. You know, I'm all about entertaining. Like, you know, if it's if I can get it good, I'll be happy. But if it's bad, I think you guys should be happy. You right, know, it's right. like, what was that? Laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please laugh. Please. It's it's all part of the experience, man. You gotta have fun. And uh, to go back, you know, Kitty was talking about Temple and things like that. I remember the first time I heard you guys play Temple on a Tuesday. I was like, hell yeah. Like, you know, community building, talking about, you know, places we go, people we see, dancing with our friends, getting to to know new people. But um, before this, you guys mentioned you you have a single that was basically played on a national radio station. Or tell me a little bit more about that. I'll pass it to you, but we just released an EP last Sunday, two Sundays ago now. Yeah. It was very recent and June 15th. And we put it up. We had, we were at this undisclosed location celebrating. And then the next night, two nights later, I get a call at three in the morning and I had to ignore it because sleeping and I was (laughs) disturbing my girlfriend. And then this is what was going on. Yeah. Um, that was that was definitely me calling money. I we get tagged in this post on Facebook. Um, Beefy is the guy's name. It's like uh, some ska show. And at first we got we got tagged in the post, and it said tonight where he listed all the bands that he was going to be playing on this little show. And I I just thought it was an internet podcast. Not that they're not like super cool and everything, but it's definitely not like radio radio. But it's awesome, and we definitely appreciate it. And then as I'm listening to it, because you know you're gonna look listen to it try to like listen to your song and what they say about it i noticed that it said 88.3 on the top right and it was like fm like radio station and i do some research and seth uh was helping me and he's like this is an actual radio station in australia that found our like it they just like heard we don't really know how they discovered us i asked them but they didn't respond but um it was just very very cool <laughs> i mean yeah someone discovers you and we didn't like send it out to them we didn't you know they just found our music we just they put just it out it. that's cool and um and when they played it, it was like at four o'clock in the afternoon which is awesome <laughs> which is not like it's it's prime time it's also it's a very cool play, like 
thing to have happen. <laughs> I want to know who this guy was because he, you know, the song ends. He's like, brand new music, brand new band, Turkey Blaster Omega from upstate New York, Rochester, New York. What lake is that by again? Uh, I think Ontario. I can't remember. Uh, I've actually been to Rochester, New York. Uh, they got a good a minor league baseball team, Red Wings. Yeah, go Red Wings. Yeah. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this Australian guy? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was definitely. And he like named every single one of us. He's like, oh, yeah. congratulations to like Kyle, Katie, blah, 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 blah. It was very cool. I cried. And then I called Lenny like four times at three in the morning. <laughs> like, you bitch, pick up the phone. <laughs> I wanted to. You know I'm usually up at that late, so. Mm-hmm. He did his research. I know. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> Beefy in Australia. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Beefy. It's it's only the start. If if you could have your music on the airwaves anywhere, where would you want to be heard? Fungus fifty three was the radio station that I listened to on XM when I got the free trial or little thing forty dollars. <laughs> Whatever, I got XM radio, and that was the only punk station Fungus. that played like no effects, you know, and Dead Kennedys and all the punk stuff with uncensored and it was right next to the joint the reggae station yep <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that's that's the station i would choose i actually i noticed because we had at, um xm at my job for a little bit when i first started working there and i looked everywhere for a ska station and there's places that are like oh this is a ska station and i go look it up and it's like not there i don't know how any of it works but i would definitely want to be on a ska station at like xm radio Cause I don't know. I would love to hear. <laughs> I would love to hear all that on, on XM. But yeah. Oh yeah, and the new single is great. What's the inspiration behind that song? Uh, Wonderland. Um. Yes. Um. <laughs> let's. Uh. Do, do you have another song you want to ask about? <laughs> um. Sure. Awesome. Perfect. Let's, let's just talk about your inspiration in writing music. I know you guys play a lot of covers and you crush them. But you're also sprinkling in more originals as you go. Um, what builds those songs and, and where does that inspiration come from? Um, I definitely grew up in a musical household and all through my childhood, like very early, I started playing music and it kind of developed to become an outlet. So whenever I was feeling a certain way or upset, I would just kind of like fiddle around on an instrument for a little bit and maybe write a song. And if I can put what I'm feeling into words in so much rare form, it like helped me cope with whatever was going on. So a lot of it is from like just kind of whatever I was going through at the time that I wrote the song. And then other ones like Alive to Survive, I was sitting on my porch right after I got out of landscaping and it just popped in my head like the melody. So sometimes it's through something and other times it just kind of like shows up. I'll like hum something stupid at work and be like, I got to remember that. I agree with the whole popping up a melody into your head. Uh, that's how I try to write my songs. I try to wait and be patient until like a melody pops in my head. And then I like telling stories or also being funny. I, Weird Al was one of a big influence of mine too. So like I think you know, Frank Zappa too just – comedy is okay music telling stories so if i had a melody then i would try to pair it with either something that's currently happening like that week or that month or whatever that was just feeling that i can relate to that melody or tell a funny story of something that you know i've always wanted to tell like things that i've collected through the experience of you know the years i still have like a backlog of four or five years worth of just stories i wanted to, i wanted to put that in a song you know it's still not it's not there, but... The notes in your phone yeah. are just full of, like, yeah. one line or <laughs> something. Yeah, one of those is when I was in New York City busking, and this one guy, he, like, pulled up some six-packs. You want a beer? I'm like, yeah. And then <laughs> he just said kind of, like, not even a jingle, but he's like, risking a misdemeanor, 
having an open container. And I'm like, that's a song right there. Like, you know, yeah. like that's the, that's the song. Risking a misdemeanor, having an open container. Yeah, put that in. Okay, in the notes. All right. Yeah. Four years later, still got to do it, but <laughs> the right melody hasn't Watch came yet. Watch out for it. It may show yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, things like that. It's got to be hard. You get bits and pieces, but then building it into a full cohesive song is a completely different undertaking. Yes, that's the work. That is the work. I've... I you can definitely get into like a role when you're writing though and then you get one idea going on in your head and it's just kind of like a, writing a journal where you're just kind of like writing whatever you're thinking in your head and it's cool a lot of it just flows out once I write get like the one line down and a melody down I can usually like write a song in like an hour at that point but it definitely takes a little bit longer to rethink and reconstruct or maybe like work on my verbiage or melodies um oh but the actual like notation for the horns that's the hardest part for me. It's just, it's a, even with the finale software and everything, it's just a little tedious because there's a lot of rules that it won't like autocorrect for you that you got to remember. So that's why Scott is, there's not that many Scott bands. Someone's generally got to take the role of writing all the parts. The horn parts. I mean, if you have a band's like everyone writing their own parts, that would be awesome. I don't know if those exist. Do they exist? Jam bands, like jam bands. I, yeah, but the, I guess Scott bands. But like, you know, like if we're talking back to Streetlight again, like the, you know, concise like working melodies together. Yeah, they got counterpoints. You got like some, you know, the bass. Uh, the, we, we want a berry. You know, we want, yeah, we want more horns. Like, so bad. <laughs> it, it has to be cohesive. I imagine if you have a bunch of horns on stage, they need to be on the same page. They can't mm. all be going in different directions with their parts. So, no. so it's all got to come from one person. Mm. So Katie's got to spend all the time writing the parts. We got to spend all the time writing the parts. Yeah, but I mean, that's the, that's the, and that's the reward though. I feel like there's a yeah. bigger reward when you have horns. Like it's such a, it's I, so worth it. whenever I'm walking by of any live music and I see horns, I'm already, I'm already walking I'm sold. The door. <laughs> I'm, got, I'm sold. Like I'm gonna, I want to see what's going on. Mm. It's just, there's a lot, there's a lot to it behind the scenes. You guys heard it. No matter what kind of music, add horns. <laughs> Seriously. Folk the punk band, they add a trumpet. I'm like, yes, Done. yes, hey, I'll, there I'll sit through that show. <laughs> ukulele walks in as a tuba. I'm like, I'm interested. Please. Like, what's going on? What's here? <laughs> Write this down. Yeah, we're spewing great ideas right now. <laughs> ukulele, tuba, ukulele, tuba duo. duo. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Uh, do you guys have any friends that play tuba? Yeah, actually. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't have any friends. I don't think we can fit any more people on a stage. I'm not even going to lie. Let along a sousaphone or a tuba. We actually, um, our trumpet player got a fat lip at Rosencrown because we couldn't fit on the stage and we had to have the horn line on the ground while everyone else was on the stage. And this one guy just skanked and like butted his head right <laughs> into Ryan's trumpet. Oh my goodness. He's walking around with a bag of ice on his lip <laughs> the rest of the night after the show. A uh, trooper. You can see that video. That's on YouTube. Yeah, that's on YouTube. The Rose and Crown Tricky Blaster Omega Show. You can go look and find poor Ryan. Your trooper Ryan. It was like the second song, too. <laughs> well, uh, while people are jumping on YouTube to look that up, don't do it now, but do it later. Where else do they keep in touch with you? Are there certain places that you're most active that ultimately we should follow you on? Um, like social media platforms, yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Oh yeah. So we have an Instagram, but I don't do too much with it. A lot of the stuff is mostly on Facebook. Cause that's where we have our biggest following. But usually whenever I post like an event 
or whatnot on Facebook, I'll usually mention it in a picture or something on the Instagram. Don't have Twitter. We're we don't have a YouTube account. I th- or do we? Because um, we're on YouTube. We're on not YouTube, a- but we don't officially have an okay, account. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's another thing. We um, have uh, Bandcamp. We have Spotify. Apple Music. Those. We will have a website very shortly, which will have all these things compiled. All of them. So awesome. that'll be really nice. You can contact us directly. Yep. Right then and there. And hopefully we're going to be getting merch soon. We just ordered a bunch of stickers last night. So it's going to be awesome. Three different types. Three different artworks. Well, so. it's nice. Thanks, Kyle. When you have eight people in your band, one person sends all of you the referral link. And then that person gets $10 credit each time. So like, all right, we just got $70 for the credit. Don't tell them why we're doing it. That's how you do it. It's a good tip. That's exactly how I would have done it. That's right. Far. And you have eight people in the band. It's, it's nice. Right. Makes everything a lot cheaper. We have eight times the buying power. Yeah. Uh-huh. Splitting a space is nice. Yeah. It's supposed to like 33 bucks a month or something. Because we have eight people. Eight but then there's people. eight people. So they can't. there's not much room. But <laughs> pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah. And so merch coming, website coming, live concerts coming soon. Um, I almost forget about the virus sometimes because things are opening back up mm-hmm. and it gives us the ability to do this kind of thing outside and not completely be quarantined in our rooms. Yep. So I'm curious, you know, in the past three, four months, have your lives changed drastically? Obviously, touring was shut down, but... What have you guys been doing as a band to keep it going and or what have you just been doing for yourselves? We didn't practice for like two and a half months just because eight people, social gathering, that joke came back. But um, definitely went camping a lot and did a lot of more stuff outside. We also were kind of in the process of moving, so we were a little bit more occupied. Um, none of us worked, so we were all kind of just hanging out and doing a lot of stuff and camping and smoking anything Seth can smoke food wise, food wise. <laughs> no, yeah, no, we're talking about smoking meats. He got this smoker and he's definitely getting full use. But yeah, that's about it. Oh, yeah. I, I remember waking up to no work. Like, all right, work is closed. Everything's closed. I'm like, all right, this is weird my whole life. It's like you have to go to work and now you can't go to work. You're telling me not to go to work. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was interesting. It was kind of fun for like the, first little while and then you're like all right what do we do now like i know it's fun like i thought i thought that when uh i didn't when i had all my free time i was like i'm gonna work on all my time on music all of it's just gonna go to music and then when that didn't happen just for whatever reason laziness just being distracted just whatever the energy level was it's like why isn't this happening i'm a fraud (laughs) i didn't have the motivation i I learned that if you just because you have the amount of free time doesn't mean you will make the most out of it productive wise. I found that now, like when I'm back in more of a routine schedule, like I actually cram the necessary things I need to do in a smaller amount of time because there's a little more structure and a little bit more routine. But uh, I think I got both ends of the spectrum. I also went outside a lot. You know, girlfriend took a lot of bike rides, to some day trips. We were neighbors, so yeah, yeah, we could walk right down. Took a lot of walks, made some crafts, made a few pinatas. some toilet paper crafts, toilet paper rolls, some RC helicopter stuff. It was like, you know, I was being like a kid on a long, like, school day, I guess summer vacation-esque, right, you know, right. but in a weird, you know, can't go, can't like hang out with, yeah, that's what it was. But no. Summer camp. 
I was really looking forward to practice because I mean, as much as we were, you know, told not together, I would, we really, I really wanted to practice. And then after a month goes by, you're like, wait a minute, I realize we've been seeing these, I've been seeing these people for every week for a year straight now. Multiple not, times. Yeah, multiple times a week for a year straight, and just all of a sudden cut that out. It felt weird. It felt like shitty. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just, like, I just wanted to jump around in the band space and sweat our balls off again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we, that was part of my routine. That was like a, I really enjoyed it. You know, we were just the work, the, putting, you know, spending the time together, like working towards a goal, you know, right. it was, so it was a little bummer when, you know, some of our summer plans got the kibosh, but yeah, right. you know what? Delayed gratification is a thing. People, you know, <laughs> just put it off a little bit. You know, it's going to happen. I think right. the thirst for music will be even stronger. Oh, 2021. Yeah. I fully expect a renaissance to come out of this. And I've heard a couple people talk about it too. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Like people are going to be cooped up forever. Then all of a sudden things are going to re- really start reopening and live music's going to officially start back up in bars. And as we go back to that way of life, I feel like everything's going to be flooded, whether it's music, the amount of people showing up at shows, new CDs being released. I just, I genuinely think that the local music in, um, just kind of all around is going to be popping. <laughs> that, lots of cool things are going to be happening, I think. I can, I can lose hope. I'm excited for it. And, you know, I started to realize how much I value live music. And obviously as music opens up, there's going to be capacities that are lower. And there might be, at first, seating. And then eventually we'll be able to stand up and break stuff. But I'm realizing how much everyone values live music and you know values the bars and the venues that bring it to us and you know i'm excited to pay covers i'm excited to buy a beer it's worth it in the long run and that that's definitely something that's changing um the whole landscape because it's not too much longer yeah hopefully it's not too much longer I really hope the fall. Fall festivals are going to be awesome if we're able to get up and running. It's a few months away. Mm-hmm. But I definitely felt that as well, the withdrawal from going to shows. Because, like, we all go out to shows weekly. We It's, like, a very frequent thing. It's I never really hung out with too many people outside of shows just because when I wanted to see all my friends, I would go to Temple or Flower City or we'd be playing a show and people would be showing up. And it's a really – it's just a good outlet. You work your, your whole week or month or anything for that one show and then you go and you just have the best time, no worries in the world. And it's just – it's awesome having that outlet to not have that. I didn't know what to do. Like the first Friday, I'm like, oh, what do I do? Like totally my thumbs, like just sitting on the couch. Like <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> it was rough. It's it's amazing to think that it's been so long since this all started. And it's right. really, we everyone's had time to think about this and think everything through. And I know at first I was slouched out on the couch for a couple of weeks, didn't do anything. Um, but it's kind of like it's like you were given the opportunity to almost like we can't do this but now you can and like i don't really want to do this anyway but now you know, i guess i'm i'm experiencing what it's like to not have to do anything like i, I want to i need to do something i need yeah. to do something you know like, <laughs> something we want to do stuff it's been fun watching how um all of our friend groups have like adapted to hanging out like i feel like maybe i just didn't notice it before but i see a lot more people camping and going on walks and like going to parks and kayaking and cooking and little groups. Cooking, that's yeah. been a thing. I think cooking. a lot of people got it. Cooking and cleaning. Yeah, cleaning. Like being in the house. <laughs> no one's cleaning now. No one's had time like this before. We're literally all just like on a like a spring vacation. 
I remember when speaking of live shows, we played a show at the Bug Jar that Saturday before everything happened. Before everything shut down. I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, like, we got that show in, and then, like, all right, life's different now. And luckily for us, too, we got in the studio just before it closed Dude, down. It was on our coattails. It was it was trailing behind us. Everything was getting shut down. Like, we got we to gotta finish recording. <laughs> we got Yeah, and thankfully we got the recording done right before the quarantine. So it had three months to be mixed and produced by Jason Right over there in Buffalo, Flowers House Studios. That was so fun. Yeah, that's uh, like a dirty punk. I shouldn't say dirty, but it's like a raw punk studio. I've heard about them. It, Fantastic. There, right? Yeah, I mean, I was so impressed too because I mean, I was I've been to multiple house shows there when it was a venue, you know, in the basement, and uh, you know, I was like, we go there and it got shut. They can't do shows anymore, but we see the drum set we're setting up with Kyle, and it's in the basement. And then we go up three floors, well, four floors, and he's on the third floor, and he's got wires running all the mics from the drum set up to the to the attic. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This wow. is awesome, smart, man. Dude, like we got really smart. Yeah, like you know, the drums are way in the basement. We're up here talking to Kyle and talk back. And uh, I was, I loved it. I had a great experience with Jason over there. And it's, uh, oh, sorry, that's good. Yeah, and it was just, you know, he's a good dude, great value. Like I would do it again. I told him. <laughs> Absolutely. And he just works. He worked really hard. And the sound that we got, I'm super, super happy with. And also, so he would send us the sound files periodically, like every couple weeks or anything. And just like watching it go from like our raw recordings to then mixed and mastered. It was like a very cool experience. Every time I was just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And then it was also cool sitting down with Lenny or like having, we had a Zoom chat or like a video chat with Jason one time because we couldn't go anywhere. It's not like we could drive up to Buffalo because of, you know, COVID. And uh, we, we would have to listen and really listen to everything inside and out. And then we would sit down, like write a list of everything that we thought about and what could be changed. We brought it to Jason and then he did it. It was a very cool experience. And the fact that it's this little attic and you have this like fly stairs, but the actual like hardware or whatever to the comp- the technology that he has up there is like so impressive he has this whole board and everything and two separate rooms for one for recording one for like the table it was awesome it's nice when no one can see you when you're recording vocals so i can run around <laughs> <laughs> i can check my, I, I can help hype myself up like no one can see me all right all right Really get into it. I live streamed that when we were recording shoe nights. I walk in and Lenny's jumping around, like hyping himself up. And I'm like, I I mean, that's what I do in my house when no one's around too. So you know, just that's how you get into it. You just gotta get into it like that. (laughs) No, that's great that it's a studio that you can feel comfortable and it's set up well, uh, well, and it ultimately you can have a good time. I know sometimes going to the studio feels like an uptight experience for a lot of people because they want to perfect it. But if you can throw your hair around and go crazy, that's got to help out a lot. Um, What are some of the the things you're looking forward to for the future, whether it's recording more tracks, playing more shows and any, you know, big goals or dreams of places you want to play or people you want to play with? Oh yeah. There's so many, (laughs) so many things we're constantly talking about the things we want to do with the band things were that um that we're hoping for i know lenny and i and uh, the band we've talked about hopefully getting a full album started now maybe like 12 tracks like really beef up our music library and also be able to produce like an album album not just a six song thing not an ep um hopefully we would love the tour honestly we would love to take this band all around maybe like find 
um, like a ska festival or something we could drive down to and make shows along the way. Lots of cool things. Um, and a Paris sax player, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to tour. Um, absolutely want it hopefully with everyone in this band like wants to do it and it's tough with people that have careers yeah, and stuff that they've went to school for you know and, and committed to so i really would love to see us all go on the road and maybe you know if we can book stuff book stuff far enough advance you know up to all the way up to next summer because i'm sure things are gonna get booked real quick with all these festivals so if, if you know if things are getting booked and you're in advance we can have everyone take off work and the surrounding two weeks for that day because let's do some more shows but uh yes shows i mean i would love to open or play with um suicide machines yeah i would love that you know they they don't play much but when they do it's close by it's they're from michigan there's detroit they play in toronto they come close by uh streetlight i mean that would be a dream come true for me that i I, do you need to say it all right i said them three times this podcast no more but like they're they're from jersey and like it's close by they they play they play up here like that when they do their tours, they just, they don't go anywhere. Like, all right, we're, we're retired. We're just going to do 10 shows all around the Northeast in Toronto. Yeah. So, I mean, if that would be a possibility, that would be amazing. In that case, you might as well just all quit your jobs. Yeah, that's that's always on my radar, always. Quitting my job. Not Cannot right, wait. Right Cannot wait to do that. I love quitting jobs. It's really fun. And here's my two weeks. I'm going to be a full-time musician. I remember, Someday. I think I remember making that like mental transition when I was, I worked at the airport and it was like a, I was maintenance, you know, the groundskeeping and stuff. I think I got a massage for my birthday, which was like a thing I never did before. I'm like, Oh man, get going massage. It'd be great. And I go home in the waiting room and it's like filling out the, my name and all the health stuff. And it's like occupation. And I was about to write maintenance. And I was like, what that M and I was like, musician. <laughs> I was like, they don't know. It's a musician. That's what it is. And like that, like from there, I'm like, yes, I'm a musician. This is the path I'm going to set my life on. Yeah. And you know, however, whatever path that may take, right. just go with it. Not much expectations. Why just, just, just go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think Tom Segura said at one of his standups, like go for your dreams. You will not be disappointed as long as you do it. Like, you know, don't have expectations. You don't know how it's going to take, like where it's going to take you, but just go for it and you'll, you'll be fulfilled. Fully agree. Yeah. Um, I know Katie mentioned earlier coming from a musical family. I'm curious with both of you, um, if you've had direct mentors or influences in your life that kind of sent your musical passion or career in the right direction um, and kind of what roles those people have played for you even in addition to that, if there's um, someone that you don't know directly that influences your music and you kind of look up to, anything in that realm, is there anybody you look up to uh, for advice for music and things like that? Definitely. So, obviously my parents, just because they were the musicians that weren't like, do you want to play an instrument? It was like, what instrument do you want to play? <laughs> and I, I'm Check so grateful for that. Um, my grandmother was the one that first started me off way back when I was like, five six and because she was a pianist she was like a very very good pianist and um she kind of started that off so she definitely sparked the music side in me besides my parents um but then I also marched in like the indoor percussion ensemble at Victor and like marching band and the mentors and the instructors that I had there like uh, Teddy and Patsy 
were definitely some of my biggest like motivators just because they, they it wasn't like it was like boot camp for percussion for drumming which is what I did but they didn't just teach you like the music on the page they taught you like the building blocks and gave you the tools to be able to learn it on your own and obviously they offered the advice and everything but they taught me like that technique of practice and that technique of just like thinking that kind of launched me um into really diving into music because that was when I really started marching like I remember it was my first indoor season when I got my first ukulele and I started writing all these songs and I was taking music theory classes and it was cool um so it was definitely a mix of those like five four or five people um my family was not musical I don't think there was instrument in the house until like I joined like band fourth grade played trumpet for a little while um Music that I listened to growing up was my mom, whatever my dad put on the radio, my mom put on the radio when we were driving. I feel like the only thing I remember from childhood was like Ricky Martin, like Andrea Bocelli, and like Mambo Number no. Five, like now, like 10. Like, you know, like I, I didn't have it. And then my cousin of five years older than me, when I was like 10, uh, he showed, well, first I did like Weird Al. My uncle showed us Weird Al, and I really liked that. I remember that was the first CD I bought. Um, but, uh, then he showed me like, oh, you like Weird Al? Here's a funny song. And he showed me I Gotta Pee by No Effects. And I thought it was funny as like a 10 year old. But then that was like the first introduction to like punk music. And then, uh, you know, I think like fourth grade, it was like the baby punk to get used to it. Like it was like Simple Plan and Good Charlotte. It was like third and fourth grade. And then it turned into like No Effects, Rancid, Streetlight, all from my cousin showing me this stuff. And then I covered my planner with it, all those bands. And then I sat at lunch table and these kids that happen to sit next to the same table as me just down, they're like, hey, you know all those bands? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, really? And then we became friends. Next you know, they play, They were in a band. And like, oh, you play trumpet? Oh, you want to come over and jam one play one time? And right. I came over and I was all nervous. And I just, you know, I remember learning Bob. That's what I learned from Bob from No Effects, just the little trumpet part. And then that turned into us being in a high school band. We, 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 we like played musical instruments. Literally, we just changed bass drums all the time, guitar. So I didn't like, wasn't trained. It was all, it was self-taught. Like I, I knew power chords. I, I could, he could show me how to play the bass riff. I could play it. Then I just taught myself drums in there. Um, and we did that for years throughout all high school, just playing, playing punk music. Was, you know, none of us could sing. That's why I like, I'm in a band with a singer, good singer finally. Oh man. But, uh, yeah, kid, you're great. It's such a relief. But then I finally, for a birthday gift one year, my girlfriend at the time got me drum lessons because I felt like I played too. I was just playing punk music, playing fast and open-handed. I had no technique, you know, I was just hurting my wrist. I was getting like tendonitis, you know, just bashing on them. So like I went to a drum lesson and that was really mind op- like mind opening. He showed me a lot of cool stuff. He showed me how to like, you know, I could read music from playing trumpet and band for from fourth to eighth grade. And then I quit because I was bored of the music, you know, and then actually my music career or interest accelerated way more after quitting band because i played in a punk band and but yeah it's mainly friends and my friends and like discovering ourselves and just having the fun of playing music in high school like i'm really happy that i did that from like 15 since 15 16 17 was playing shows our first show was the penny arcade just playing shows from like uh roberts wesleyan like bt's cafe like these places that Kids a few years older than us were just like, oh, you want to play a show? Like, yeah, and we play shows and show up. I'd leave my Wegman's job, you know, just running to the show with my trumpet. You know, we'd have this stuff set up. And it was just, it was just yeah, no, it was in my, that was in my Wegman's attire. But just, yeah, I just, I just loved playing. It was always fun. It was just super fun. And I guess I just never wanted to stop doing it. Just, I want to have fun with my friends. Yeah.
That's it. <laughs> it it's what it's all about, having fun. I yeah. I always I, I love to ask because isn't always sunshine and rainbows. Are there ever, ever any times where you want to smash the guitar or there's been a fight at practice or you just want to walk off stage or um or are you guys just perfect, you know? Never on stage. I free, I genuinely feel like every single one of our shows was like a good show where we all kind of had fun. Oh, things are falling on me. But um, yeah, honestly, it, I don't think it would be a healthy band if there wasn't some tuffles. Like with any any sort of like relationship that you're building with any amount of people or whatever, um, there's gonna be growing pains, and you spend like a couple hours a week every week practicing music with these people. Like we're gonna get on each other's nerves every so often. We're gonna get snappy or sassy, uh, just because we have one too many Italians in the group. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But um, genuinely, like there are like some tuffles that happen, but it's nothing that would like break us. We're definitely it's go with the like it's natural, normal things with being a new band and kind of working out your kinks. This band's freaking great. Yeah, like I, I I've been I, I've been in a, a three piece band where I had to break up a fist fight, and I was like, stop fighting, stop. And then okay, stop. Walk at the door, attack from the back. Like no, like stop fighting. So no, that has never been that. Um, no, I wouldn't like. Is I'm. I think everyone in this band is really grateful and wants to be doing it. That's the thing. Like everyone here wants to be playing in this band, and I think the toughest time of like just want to throw the guitar or something was actually this past few months. We're just like we couldn't get out there, not get out there. If like the the motivation is like stifled, that like you know kind of like discouraging. Where you're working towards this one super goal of the summer, you know, and then like ah, oh, it's gone. Like ah, oh. you know, that was a little bit. Never not gonna quit or anything, but you know that was just like a little blow. But no, I think everyone is really loves each other in this band. Yeah, agree. Awesome, awesome. That was actually not to cut you up. That was one of the first things I remember hearing about the band um, when we first started like play and people would come up to us is be like, "How do you guys get along?" Oh, we get along great. Like all of us are pretty much on the same thing. And they're like, eight people. You got eight people to get in a band and all want to do the same thing." So like, yeah, we know it's cool. It's very cool. It's impressive. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was your second, third show or it was early on, but I saw you guys play at the G Lodge. Do you recall, was it G Jam? Was it Fall Down? We played at both of them. Did the cops get called? Did the cops not get called? That's how we can, that's how we can figure out. With the G Jam. I think because G, G Jam. Yeah, G Jam cops got called. Yeah, so it would be G Jam. That was your jam. Um, mm. and Good. Yeah, the cops did get called. Yep. Yeah. On our last song, too. It was great timing. Music festival. Hannibal, New York, check out um, the G-Lodge, G-Jam, Fall Down. But I saw you guys play, and it was one of your earlier shows, and you were in a primetime slot. Yeah. It was dark, and there was lights, and I was like, holy shit. Like, these guys don't sound like they're on their second or third show. They've clearly been practicing, and they clearly enjoy playing together, which is huge. Yeah, we have fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I don't want to seem like I don't like these people or I'm not right. fun, so good. That is a, oh, and another cool thing that I hear from some people. They're like, you guys just have so much fun. And it's like, yeah, we legitimately have a blast on stage. Just jumping around, singing songs. You play the Streetlight songs, how is that not fun? Where you like, you can literally pick out the Streetlight fans in the crowd. And then when you get a bunch of them together and we're just jamming, it's just, it's good. It's good. <laughs> So we're going to get you to play with Streetlight. 
That'd be great. Let's get you on it. a long tour. Maybe quit our jobs, become musicians. Yes. What Goals. else are we? Not just on a What is it? The the insurance paper liability form. <laughs> um, what else is coming up? I think we nailed them all. Yeah, I think we may have gotten website. Website. It's, it's gonna be cool too. It's gonna be like an old nineties website. It's awesome. <laughs> I've already seen it. It looks so cool. I, I bought turkeyblasteromega.com like immediately like last year. Yeah. And I didn't even bother looking it up first because I believe that if you type something that doesn't exist, it's like recorded and then it gets bought up by bots. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just gonna buy it right now and I went to go get daddy and typed it in, it's available. Bye. I was like, Alright, it's been sitting there for months now. Yep. And now it's gonna be put to use. But they do say when you say something publicly, somehow through some weird cosmic way, it travels to other people. And before you know it, someone's saying the exact same thing. And then you don't even know who came up with it. It just, it, things travel so fast. I, I don't know how that works. You might be onto it with a bot. You type it into. Yeah, they just know. They just know. And that's one thing that I completely forgot about. What the hell is a turkey blaster omega? It's a good string of words, is what it is. It's a good <laughs> it's a it's a great acronym. <laughs> uh, the acronym I mean I do like it, but T B O Jack just farted that out, man. He, he just said Literally. To, I mean you I wasn't there before <laughs> I joined after Turkey Blaster was the name. Yeah. But uh I remember we were talking about it or Kyle's like, That's name is not this sucks. What is that? Well, what's a turkey blaster name? I'm like, dude, type it on Google. The first thing that's what you want Nothing. that is awesome so like and now it developed it grew into itself it did it's it did art, you know now we've taken on the ufo alien persona like i'm thrilled i love when things take on a life of their own it feels awesome it feels like there's a bigger picture like, right there's a bigger, like there's more figures part of it i definitely think it's also also it's hard to forget that name it's like oh what band is this like turkey blaster omega and then everyone goes turkey baster and you're like no turkey blaster and then like just don't forget it like i have people oh you're in turkey blaster right and it's like yes yes we are thank you jack yeah right how you did it he apparently just like thought it up we needed it we needed a band name and he sent it out we were joking about it we're like ha turkey blaster omega and then i remember one day we're like huh did you have a band name before that, like, tentatively? Yes, it was going to be um, Who's Kurt. Who's Kurt? Who's Kurt. Oh, my God. Thank God it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> Turkey Blaster Omega is so much better. But that was just what I wanted it to be called. We also had, like, Suggestive Eyebrows, um, something. See, but yeah, I don't even remember all of them. I just remember Suggestive Eyebrows and Who's Kurt. I like that one. That could be an album or a song. Yeah, we were talking, yeah, 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 suggestive eyebrows. Oh, I like all the creative elements involved in the name like that. Do you guys ever go by TBO or it's a full name basis? Yeah, no, I, I like TBO. I like TBO. Uh, but yeah, Turkey Blaster, I call I call them uh, Blasterettes in the Facebook group. Did you? Yeah, I call you guys Blasterettes all the time. Oh, I didn't realize <laughs> it. What's up, Blast? <laughs> Thanks, Blasterettes. Uh... But yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that's Turkey Blaster Omega. And I didn't have any hand in the name, so like it even feels more like, oh, thank you guys. Like, <laughs> it's a good name. the, thank the you, right Jack. relationship. Yeah. The right people. Yeah. They already they had some things figured out. Yes. That's rare, too. Walk in, band just needs one missing piece. Yeah, and the guitarist out of everyone. Yeah. Usually the car- <laughs> guitarist is like one of the first people. <laughs> you would think. You would think. Yeah. But I understand. It's all upstrokes. There's this one... Uh, Japanese all-girl 
punk band that's awesome, Otoboke Beaver, Beaver, Otoboke Beaver. But they had this one song, and like they're really thrashy and hard and awesome, and they do a lot of yelling. But I don't know what they're saying. But at one point though, they have like a chorus, and it's like D B O D B O. Like they're saying T B O. T B O. Like I want to sample that and just be like T B O. Yep. T B O. That would be great for the intro when you guys are first coming on stage. Uh, I, oh, I thank you for that because I will so down. Remember that one. Oh, love it, guys. Um, one last question I ask every guest, and um, it's a billboard question. Imagine you had the ability to control a billboard. So you can control a billboard, and it's going to reach millions of people. All kinds of people, young and old, all personalities, all races. And you have that ultimate power where you get to control a billboard. It can be humorous, it can be advertising, or it can be inspirational. But you know that millions of people are going to see it. What would you put on that billboard and why? Is it one of the fancy billboards that has like a screen or is it just a billboard? It's your billboard. (laughs) You can have a screen. I don't know. Maybe a holograph. I don't recommend anything that's going to cause someone to crash their car. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta think movie. about that. I don't really know. It probably would be something related to the band if I had that option. Like our Spotify, like or just Turkey, Blaster, Omega, and then people would be like, "What?" <laughs> and then it'd hopefully become a meme, and then they'll look us up, and then boom, touring. <laughs> Profit, maybe. <laughs> I would probably, you know, not use that what's intended for. I would probably use that to make one person laugh. Like, just, <laughs> it would be a joke for one person, that billboard, or maybe three or four. But it would be, uh, it's like, no one is going to understand what I'm saying, but this is what I would do. It would be a picture of a marine biologist from New Zealand named Steve O'Shea. And he'd be making this crazy face. He'd be like, Ooh! Like, like he's a very like exasperated face, and it would just say like, oh, 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 oh. That's all it would say, and no one's gonna get that. But that's what I would put. <laughs> I feel like you thought about this before. That's funny. <laughs> it, it is uh, so a that, that my. I don't even want to tell a story, but there's a there's a marine biologist named Steve O'Shea who inspired a group of kids from Rochester, New York, to make a whole band based around him, and the song's about squids, and it's based on his one expression of going, oh, 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 oh. That's it. And I just want people to see that and also be confused and also to be wondering what that is about yep. and see what inspires for them because it inspired a band for us. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you had a hashtag or something to that and people would be looking it up immediately. Just, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it, was, this was the, it was like a, a giant squid like documentary called Colossal Squid. It's like, Colossal Squid has never been seen on video until... Now, <laughs> for biologist Steve O'Shea, this is a dream come true. And it just cuts to him. He's going, oh, 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 And then it keeps going with the intro of the show. That's the first five seconds they chose to put that in the front of the documentary. My friend was, like, waking up one day at 11 in the morning on a couch. And he turned out and he saw that. And he just told us about it. And we found it. And then that little thing. We never even watched it until, like, three, four, five years <laughs> later. But just that one little, that's all we knew about the dude. And we decided to make a band about that guy. So it'll be a joke for those four people. That's my billboard. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wasted opportunity, I know. <laughs> Millions, Eddie. Millions. I don't know. I, I ship it, though. I like it. 
everybody watching live, obviously, thank you. Everybody listening at home, thank you as well. Um, I always like to think that two, three, five, ten, twenty years from now, two hundred years in a timeshare, this audio file is going to be, you know, digested by aliens. You never know where this <laughs> is going to go. Digested. Not the best word. Listen. To. <laughs> oh, I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately thought I just picture aliens like eating like floppy disks. <laughs> uh, okay. That too. That too. Floppy disks. Really? <laughs> yeah. You floppy disks? Yeah, my mom used to have a lot of them. My parents are like pushing. No, nah, I don't. Sorry, mom, but like pushing seventy, but like closer to seventy than they are like forty. <laughs> so. Hey, mom's a very nice woman. She's a very nice lady. <laughs> Sorry, babe. You guys are good. It's um, it's getting darker. There's a barbecue in front, so we'll we'll get some food. Maybe have a beer. Um, I want to ultimately tell everybody what the fee of the podcast is because obviously you're listening for free, and there's a lot of time and effort that comes into making this work. So the fee is very simple take this stream or take the the soundcloud you're listening to take the website link share it even better dm it to a friend and tell them exactly what you enjoyed about it the best thing you can do to support local music is to spread the word so you're going to want to go to turkey blaster omega on facebook you're going to want to click follow even better if you do that drop down menu you can punch c first and then you don't just follow them, you actually get notifications by them without ha them having to advertise to you. Uh, do the same for Rochester Groovecast. Um, check them out on Bandcamp, uh, Spotify, the website's coming out soon. And shit, this is the first time we've done this in this format, so I appreciate you guys being the beta run oh, here, and you, I think it went yeah, super, super it. good. It was fun. <laughs> awesome. Bye everyone at home.